Last year, there was an estimated 11,000 new business books published. Uh, That's almost 1,000 books every month. Uh, How do you wade through all of that? Well, good for you. You've got me because I have got the five types of leadership books you must have on your bookshelf. So join me. I'm going to I'm going to give you the down low on the books you need to have and then you can forget about the rest. What does it mean to love and work well? And how do I pursue what truly matters? Working at the intersection of business and psychology, I help you answer these questions and more so you can focus priorities, inspire change, lead with courage, and live with more joy today. Hi, I'm Dr. Melissa Smith. Welcome to the Pursue What Matters podcast, where we focus on what it takes to thrive in love and work. Oh, so many books, so little time. You're busy. You don't have time to read all the new books coming at you. But, you know, of course, it's important to stay up to date on the latest research, trends, and best practices. What is a person to do? Well, you know, this is where you that's this is where you listen to the podcast because I am here to help you out. And um, I even have a great resource for you. So I have the five uh, leadership books you need on your bookshelf. Every leader needs on their bookshelf. So according to a study done by the Harvard Business Review back in 2015, there were more than uh, 15,000 books on leadership in print and articles on leadership number in the thousands each year. And then another study showed that in 2015, there were four leadership books published every single day. (laughs) So that's a lot. And counting all formats, Amazon offers 57,000 books with the word leadership in the title. So, you know, there's a lot going on in leadership. So now let's think about self-help books. So when we think about self-help books, book titles published, there were 31,000 published in 2013 and 85,000 published in 2019. Oh my goodness. That is the fastest growing genre of book sales. So tons of self-help going on, um, or at least book sales going on in self-help. Whether the self-help is really going on or not is another um, question. So How do you know what's worth your time, though? That's the real question. There's lots of books. Not all of it is of the same quality. Um, So what's worth your time and what are you better off leaving alone? Because, of course, you are busy. And um, I know for me, I've definitely reached that point in my reading career that I will not continue reading a book if I do not find value in it. I used to slog through a book to the bitter end, feeling like I, you know, like I had to do it. Like if I were to be a reader, I had to slog through or that it was some badge of honor to finish a book. But I'm telling you that ship has sailed. I do not feel that way anymore. Um, Time is our most precious commodity. And so if a book is not adding value to my life, it's gone. So I usually give it um, about 100 pages and then... If it's if it hasn't pulled me in or if it's not adding value, it's gone. And I just 
I'm, I'm not wasting any more time on it. So, um, I think that's so interesting though, that last year there were 11,000 business books published. So that's almost a thousand every month. That's a ton. So today I want to talk with you and share some of my top picks of leadership reads that I really think you should have on your bookshelf. And so I think these are worth your time and that they will add value both to you um, personally and professionally. And so that's what I'm really thinking about is your both your personal and professional development because, right, I want to help you pursue what matters. I want to um, really help you thrive in love and work and really thinking about um, work-life integration. And so I hope this podcast can be helpful for you and that you'll use this as a guide for deciding whether you'd like to pick up some of these books and take a read or a listen. Um, And then, of course, each week, my goal is to help you pursue what matters and to strengthen your confidence to lead. And this week, um, that is primarily in the area of leading with curiosity. And when we think about curiosity, it's all about self-awareness. And so we want you to strengthen your skills as a leader, both professionally and personally. And so, you know, all of the books I'm going to talk about today and the areas that I want to really focus on will help you strengthen your self-awareness. They will help you strengthen strengthen your skills as a leader. And it's all about leading with curiosity. And so um, with that in mind, let's jump in. And of course, I have a really great resource for you with um, the books that I'm recommending. So I hope that you will head to my website at the end of the podcast and that you'll download this resource and that it will be a useful guide to you because obviously you're busy and you know it will probably be a while before you get through get to all the books. And so this resource can be helpful for you. So you can check back with it as a reference point for you. So typically what I do each month is I review one book um, and recommend that to you, but I'm doing something a little different this month. I thought it could be kind of fun. So this month I am sharing um, a five types of leadership books that I think every leader should have on their bookshelf. So I've got lots of recommendations for you. So um, first of all, they're not random books. Um, The way that I approached the podcast um, was this way. So maybe you are a new leader and you're just getting started on building your leadership bookshelf and you're not quite sure where to start. So what types of books should you have? What category of books should you have, right? I mean, 11,000 new business books every single year. Um, That can be kind of overwhelming. So what category of books should you have to make sure you have a good foundation in leadership fundamentals? So that was, that might be one listener 
right? That's, that's one thought that I had. Maybe you're a leader and you've set a goal to do more leadership reading this year, which I would love that if that's one of your goals, because I'm such a geek about reading, Um, but you don't really know where to start. So this podcast can help give you some direction. So again, I'm going to give you some broad categories to give you a good foundation um, for your leadership. And I'm offering you some book recommendations in each category. So you have some good options to choose from to best meet your needs. And then maybe you're a leader with a specific need in one of these categories. So go to that category, check out my recommendations and see if one of the book recommendations might be a good fit for you. So that's kind of what I had in mind. Um, I'm just thinking about creating a good foundation for you as a leader for your leadership journey. Like what, what are the categories of leadership books? If you were just building your, um, your leadership bookshelf, your leadership library, what are the categories? If you were saying like, I want to, I want to strengthen my, reading effort, my leadership reading this year, what would you, um, what would you want to focus on to build that foundation? And so, um, the resource will really help you help be a guide. It breaks down the categories and then it gives you recommendations in each of those areas. And, um, then you can kind of use it throughout the year to strengthen your skills and your confidence as a leader. And I will also link to the podcast that I did on readers are leaders and all of the great research that shows how true this is, um, because it is true. Committing to a regular practice of self-development, um, via reading is absolutely one of the best things you can do to strengthen your leadership. So I'm not going to cover all of that here, but I did cover that in a podcast, um, Readers Are Leaders. So I will link to that. And if you want to um, follow up on that research, you're welcome to do so. Okay, so what are the five categories of leadership books you would ideally have on your bookshelf that would really set a good foundation for you to lead confidently? So I will um, name these five categories and then I'm going to say a little bit more about each one. But let's just get those listed for you first. So the first category is clarity of purpose and cultivating culture. The second category is self-awareness. You know I'm a fan of that one. Uh, The third category is productivity, motivation, and leading change. The fourth category is the psychology of leadership. And the fifth category is creativity, innovation, and business fundamentals. Okay, so now I'm going to go through each category. So those are the five categories that I just think if you have books in each of those categories, that is going to give you such a good foundation um, for your leader library. And um, yeah, and so I'll give you some recommendations. Maybe this is something I'll do once a year. I'll, I'll make it an annual thing. That, that might be fun. 
Um, but let's start with the first category and I will make my case for why each of these categories is important. And then I will give you, um, just, a, a brief listing of recommendations. Of course, I think, you know, I could probably spend days giving you book recommendations and this might be the fun thing, right? Like if I make this an annual thing that we can just add more to each of these categories each year, which I think would be kind of fun. Um, but let's start with category one, which is clarity of purpose and cultivating culture. So Peter Drucker famously said that culture eats strategy for breakfast. And of course, this is the idea that it doesn't matter how great your strategic planning is. If you do not have a strong organizational culture, you will not be effective in implementing your strategy. And so often, 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 um, that nothing matters more than culture. And you as a leader have a unique position in cultivating and strengthening culture. There is so much research that testifies to this truth that um, culture will um, will do more to um, to support the success of an organization. And culture will also undermine um, an organization more quickly than any other single factor. And of course, culture isn't just one factor. It's a collection of factors. And this is why it is so incredibly important. And it is something that as a leader, you must constantly be attending to. I kind of think of culture as the water um, you're swimming in. And so sometimes it can feel invisible. Sometimes it can feel very nebulous, but boy, you cannot ignore it. So it's not your job alone as a leader, of course, but you really need to clarify purpose and set vision and steer the ship. Um, and of course, you know, you, depending on your role in the organization, um, you, you might not be setting that vision, but don't, under, don't underestimate the role that you can play in strengthening, um, organizational culture. So, you know, briefly culture is what your people believe and how they behave, and it really determines what will get lived out in the work every single day. So it's all about the habits people have formed, how decisions get made, how your organization responds to challenges, to stress, to discomfort, and what your people believe is good and bad for success based on what's incentivized, rewarded, reinforced, or punished in the workplace. And that's a definition that comes from an article from Medium, which I will um, link to. So as a leader, you always must be attending to culture. And so I just think it's always good to be um, dipping in to the readings and the research on culture because you cannot afford to, um, to take your eye off of 
cultivating culture. And so I have some book recommendations for you. The first one is Clarity First, How Smart Leaders and Organizations Achieve Outstanding Performance by Karen Martin. Uh, The second book is Start With Why by Simon Sinek. That's a very popular one. And then The Vision Driven Leader by Michael Hyatt. And that is a newer one. Um, But that is that really kind of breaks down a whole um, process for um, creating vision and mission and values by Michael Hyatt. Okay, now on to the second category, which is self-awareness. So as a leader, you must first get out of your own way if you're going to be effective in leading others. And anyone who's been led by an ineffective boss knows that this is so true. So this requires ongoing commitment to self-awareness, self-confrontation, and self-direction. And really, like you owe it not only to yourself, but you owe it to those you lead to do your own work first and foremost. So you've really got to be proactive in leading yourself to change, looking in the mirror and seeking feedback so you don't become a stumbling block for those you lead. So see yourself clearly and see reality clearly. That's really what we're inviting you to do with self-awareness. We want you to step out of drama and storytelling and steer clear of it, really. Um, Definitely not making the assumption that you are in drama or storytelling, but we all tend to get ourselves tripped up from time to time. So self-development books are a really great place to start. So, you know, you're bright and if you're willing, self-development books are a really good place to start because they will give you a roadmap for increasing your self-awareness awareness and addressing concerns you may be facing. So they're also really good for pointing you in the right direction if you find that you might need a bit more guided direction, such as a leadership coach, counseling, um, accountability groups, that sort of thing. And so when you think about self-awareness, I would just, you know, pay attention to, you know, are there specific areas that you in your life that you're aware of that you know you you know, need some guided attention on. So for example, if you know like, okay, perfectionism is something that I struggle with, then maybe you would look at um, a self-development book um, focused on perfectionism, right? And as I shared at the top of the podcast, there are so many self-help books, which, you know, if we think about self-help, self-development in 2019, there were 85,000 titles. And so there are a ton of self, um, self-development books out there. So general, so first of all, what I would say is pay attention to um, whether there are specific areas in your life that you know, uh, you know what, I need, I know I need to work on this, whether it's like cognitive distortions or anxiety, that sort of thing, and use that as your first guidance. And then from there, I have some recommendations that I think are good general um, self-awareness book recommendations that I think would be good for any um, anyone in 
um, a leadership role on their leadership journey. Okay, so the first one is Great at Work by Morton T. Hansen. And this is a book that I did review in one of the podcasts. And it is just, it's so good. It's based on, so first of all, this would not be considered a self-development or self-help book. So I do just want to put that out there. Um, it can be used that way. It's a very approachable book, um, but it is based on really great research about the most effective workers and what sets them apart. And it's really focused on purpose. It's really focused on passion and what do the what do the best workers do differently? And so it's all about building this self-awareness. And I have found it, I have found it personally really helpful. And I think it's a it would be a great foundational book in this area of self-awareness. So I really like it, but it wouldn't be considered like a traditional self-development book. That's what I'm trying to say with it. Um Okay, and then the second recommendation that I have would be a general mindfulness book, okay? So when we think about mindfulness, mindfulness keeps us out of drama. Mindfulness keeps us in the present moment. It keeps us out of the anxiety of future tripping, and it also keeps us out of um, the depression of of the past, of why did I do it that way? And so in order to be most effective, we need to be able to stay in the present moment. So my favorite mindfulness books just personally are, you know, my my favorite book is A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. But I'm just going to tell you, Tolly can be hard for people. Um, I will say I probably read A New Earth about five times before I felt like I was starting to grasp it. And now I'm at the point where I pretty much am always reading A New Earth because it does help me to stay grounded. But um, if you're new to mindfulness and you're new to Eckhart Tolle, you may want to start with um, Power of Now. That is, he wrote Power of Now before he wrote A New Earth. And so it's a bit more approachable than A New Earth. I prefer A New Earth, but Power of Now is also really good. Um, But there are other, there are definitely other mindfulness books out there. Daniel Siegel has a new one, Aware. There's lots of good mindfulness books. Let's see. I think Radical, I think it's Radical Acceptance by Tara Brock um, is also very good. I've read that. That would be a good one also to include here. But in general, we just want to think about a general mindfulness book, and that would be great. Okay. Um, Another self-awareness book that I think could be very helpful would be a general one to increase self-awareness and that has some foundation in research related to um, personality and or strengths. So one that is gaining 
some popularity in recent years, and it does have some good research foundation, would be um, about the Enneagram. So the Wisdom of the Enneagram, the Complete Guide to the Psychological and Spiritual Growth for the Nine Personality Types by Don Richard Riso and Russ Hudson. Um, that can be useful. The um, Let's see, the questionnaires for that are... In the book, I think you can also complete them online. They do have some foundation in research. For some people, the um, combination or some of the foundation in spirituality might not be a great fit. So, you know, you want to pay attention to that. But I think what the the, um, Enneagram does nicely is it, it helps people um, develop a nice way of thinking about some of their strengths and some of their potential red flags when it comes to personality and when it comes to behaviors. And so in that way, I think it can be helpful. Of course, you kind of want to um, avoid going to extremes in terms of like, oh, I'm just a nine or I'm just a two, you know, that sort of thing, which is sometimes um, the danger or the risk with these types of measures, um, which the authors also absolutely caution against. Um, But I think in general, um, getting a more comprehensive picture of some of the personality dynamics can be useful for increasing self-awareness. Um, if you're not really comfortable with um, the Enneagram or that spiritual perspective um, isn't a good fit for you, the Strengths Finder 2.0 by Tom Rath may be a nice fit for you. That is very well researched and you can um, you can just buy the book and you take the link or the link is in the book to take the questionnaire online. And of course, it connects you to your strengths. And also, I think, you know, that can be really helpful to kind of identify, okay, where are my strengths? Where do I focus my efforts? Um, And again, like, I think that that can be a really useful tool um, related to self-awareness. And so, especially as you think about your leadership, um, journey. And so, um, that would be another, um, another recommendation, but there are other tools out there, but in general, a book that can help increase self-awareness related to some of the personality dynamics is what, um, I would have in mind. Um, okay. And then another book recommendation related to self-awareness would be Mindset by Carol Dweck. It's a small book. It's an easy read. The research is really, really good. The book is okay. Um, so I'll just I'll just say that. Um, it's it's really good research. Having an, a thorough understanding of mindset, there are so many applications everywhere, at home, at work, in every in every facet of life. Having a, a thorough understanding of mindset can be very helpful. I also did a book review of mindset, I believe. Um, but that could be a good book to also review. Um, the next book is Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. 
this is this is an excellent book for helping you to see some of the um, cognitive distortions and cognitive biases, thinking errors that we make as humans all the time. I'm just going to warn you, it's a little bit dense, but it's really, really good. Um, and so this is a great book for increasing self-awareness about where do we as humans get it wrong? Because we do a lot. Um, so really groundbreaking um, research and um, it's 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 very good. Um, but like I said, it's a little dense. I I listened to it and so that was a really good way to digest that material. So, okay, another book is from HBR, so Harvard Business Review. And this is a collection of some of their best articles on managing yourself. So that's the title of the book, HBRs on Managing Yourself. And so it's not a book by one author but it's a collection of some of HBR's um, best articles, classic articles from um, the Harvard Business Review on the topic of managing yourself and self-awareness. It's a really good book. It's been around for a while. Um, I would highly recommend it. So it's some of those classic articles on uh, managing yourself as a leader. And then the last book in the category of self-awareness is Daring Greatly by uh, Brene Brown. And this is really good uh, related to vulnerability and kind of getting out of your own way, how shame shows up for us. Um, I do recommend one of her other books in one of the other categories. So I would just choose one. If you can only choose one, I would do Dare to Lead, not Daring Greatly. So um, so if you're only going to do one of Brene Brown's, I wouldn't do Daring Greatly. I would do Dare to Lead because um, they cover much of the same material, but Dare to Lead has more application to leadership. So... Um, both excellent books, though, both really, really good. And Dare to Lead is um, more up to date. So um, but both really good. I mean, you do great to read both of them, but that would be the only caveat that I would say. OK, so now let's talk about category three, which is productivity, motivation and leading change. OK, so these types of books are so valuable, um, not only for helping you increase your personal effectiveness, but also driving the effectiveness and efficiency of those you lead. Because, right, I mean, that's an ongoing issue. And so the principle here is let's do what works and forget about the rest. Um, too many leaders and organizations waste a ton of time, productivity and money doing what does not work and you don't have time for that so um, the a focus on key principles related to motivation the power of habit how to change um, actually actually happens um, you know how change actually happens can make a big difference um, so that you're not always pulling or pushing those you lead it's such a hard way to lead and so a really sound understanding of the principles of productivity motivation and leading change can make a really big difference and can just make you personally much more effective but can really um make you such a better leader um, can can increase the effectiveness of the organization it's just 
it's, it can make a huge difference, exponential difference. So the book recommendations here include Deep Work by Cal Newport. Um, I've reviewed this book. It's really good. And then Clearer, Clearer Closer, Better, How Successful People See the World by Emily Balsettis. Hopefully I pronounced that right. Um, and then Essentialism by Greg McEwen. Um, that's one of my favorites. It's really good. I put it in this category, productivity, motivation, and leading change. But honestly, it could also be in self-awareness. It's um, it's bigger than productivity for sure. But um, it's, it's really, really good. And then Drive by Daniel Pink. And he really talks so much about motivation and um, what you know, what's the psychology of change? And it's very, um, very applicable, very practical. And so it's a really great book. So that is the third category, productivity, motivation, and leading change. And then let's move on to the fourth category, which is the psychology of leadership. So, um, you know, Google's Aristotle project. So this was a project that Google undertook um, several years ago and was a huge investigation and a huge investment into what made the most effective teams. So they wanted to figure out, you know, do we want teams where all the experts are together? Do we want teams where they're the most diverse? Right. Because we'll do what's most effective. And so they threw a ton of money, threw a ton of time and a ton of experts at this question to find out what made the most effective teams. And it was called the Aristotle Project. And what they found um, boiled down to psychological safety. So what they discovered is that it has got to be okay to be vulnerable with your team, to get things wrong, and to trust those you work with, to know you won't be shamed for having questions. And as you advance in your leadership, you get less and less training in the skills you need more and more of. And these skills are the psychology of leadership. How do you lead people? How do you address team dynamics? How do you support and create psychological safety, right? Unless you're a psychologist, you haven't gotten training on that. And so this fourth category is the psychology of leadership. How do you lead people? So when you're challenged, and I've talked about this on, um, on a recent podcast about asking for help, when you're challenged, you fall back onto your deep knowledge of industry-specific skills, when what you really need to do is harness the psychology of leadership skills. And so if you're not actively developing these um, psychology of leadership skills, you're going to undermine your leadership and those you lead. And what we know, and this is based both on the Aristotle Project and also Brene Brown's Dare to Lead research and others, is that your organization will be less productive, less successful, less competitive in the marketplace. It really impacts everything. And so with this, we acknowledge that we bring our whole selves to work. 
And so some of those psychology of leadership skills include addressing communication, boundaries, strategic decision-making, accountability, shame, and vulnerability, all those all those um, psychological safety issues. And so the books here that I would recommend include um, Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Um, So Brene Brown has said that, you know, and this is not a direct quote, but leaders who fail to attend to the emotions of those they lead will spend an inordinate amount of time managing ineffective behaviors. And so as a leader of people, you have to attend to the psychology of leadership. You need to pay attention to um, psychological safety. You need to pay attention to emotional literacy, to shame, to vulnerability, to empathy, to the call to courage. Um, This is what will make your teams more effective. So that's the first book recommendation. The second book recommendation is Radical Candor by Kim Scott. And that book is excellent as well. It's all about communication, boundaries, and accountability. And then the third book in this category is Emotional Intelligence by Daniel Goleman. And of course, Goleman is is really the one that brought us the research and, um, you know, really brought it to everyone um, about emotional intelligence and the value of emotional intelligence. And of course, we know emotional intelligence is positively um, correlated with the most effective leaders, the most effective and successful organizations. And so, Um, emotional intelligence and doing some reading on that and looking at what are those skills and how do I um, strengthen those skills and how do I help develop those skills in those I lead could be really um, a very valuable focus in your reading and in your personal development. Okay, and now we're on to our last category, which is creativity, innovation, and business fundamentals. And so every organization must be in the innovation business. And of course, every organization must consider itself a tech company. At this stage in the game, if you, if you don't consider yourself a tech company, you're going to be dead soon. Um, you must keep learning in order to stay relevant. And so, you know, you got to be willing to learn, innovate and grow. And so I would just say you've always got to be reading books about um, new, um, let's see, new, new business, um, new business skills, um, creativity, innovation. And what I have here is business fundamentals, right? Like the basics, what are the principles? Because here's the thing, right? Like there's always going to be a new shiny, um, object, (laughs) but you, right? Like understand the business fundamentals and put these new shiny objects up against the business fundamentals. Like you need to understand the principles. And so um, taking creativity, innovation up against business fundamentals, and that's going to give you a pretty 
good foundation as you look at the pace of change. Um, because here is, here's the thing, the pace of change is moving faster than ever. Um, and so, um, you know, having some foundational principles to help you approach growth and innovation along with that sound understanding of business fundamentals fundamentals will really be your best companion for managing the pace of change. And so the key is that you've got to keep learning and lean into the discomfort, especially around new technologies. So you may not um, be reading books on new technologies because this is the thing. It's moving so quickly. There won't be books, right? Like you're going to be reading stuff online. Um, But reading books about innovation, reading books about business fundamentals, reading about the principles that underlie strategy and innovation. That is going to be really important because it will position you well to take advantage of the changing landscape. So the the principles and understanding the business fundamentals, understanding creativity, understanding the innovation process, that's really going to position you well. And then, of course, keeping abreast of all the technological changes. So, re- right, reading online and making sure that you're keeping up to date on what's happening in the world will really be very, very helpful for you. And so some of the book recommendations um, in this category include Good Strategy, Bad Strategy by Richard Rumelt, really good book on the issue on the topic of strategy. Um, Originals by Adam Grant, which I think is really, really good in terms of how do we cultivate um, creativity and innovative thinking in our organizations so we don't shut it down because that can be a real problem. Um, And then The Innovator's Dilemma by Clayton Christensen, which is a classic. Um, You know, there have been some challenges to Christensen's perspective, but I think in general, there are some really good principles there to think about, especially if you're in a large organization. Um, And I think it's, um, I think he has some really nice principles just in terms of how do we approach innovation and new technologies and, you know, having this tolerance for failure and um, a willingness to learn and iterate. And so I think there's a lot of value um, in that work. And then the last book recommendation, this is a newer book um, relative to the ones I've just listed, but it's Upstream by Dan Heath. And it's a really great book on Um, It's really taking a look at systems and, you know, taking a look at sometimes um, we, we can have a myopic view of some of the challenges that we might face and we Um, are only looking downstream at the problems and so really training ourselves and our organizations to start looking upstream 
and um, taking more of a systems approach. So whether that is around prevention, whether that is around um, meeting pain points or looking at how we can better serve potential customers, potential clients, I think it's a nice paradigm shift for a lot of us. And he's just, he's got some nice research and some nice challenges to some of the ways that you may be thinking about about your work. So I, I think that it can be really valuable. So, um, so there you go. There are our five categories. So again, I'm just going to name those categories one more time. And then, okay, so category one, clarity of purpose and cultivating culture. Category two, self-awareness. Category three, productivity, motivation, and leading change. And category four, psychology of leadership. And then category five, creativity, innovation, and business fundamentals. And of course, remember, I have a really great resource that includes all of these categories and all of the books that I recommend in each of the categories for you so that you can have this handy little reading guide for you as you move through the rest of this year so that you can um, start building your leadership library or you can add to your leadership library um, as you progress. So head on over to my website to check out the show notes with the resources for this episode at www.drmelissasmith.com forward slash episode dash 68. One more time, that's www.drmelissasmith.com forward slash episode dash 68. And of course, that's where you can get your hands on that resource with the five leadership books you need on your bookshelf. So I'm Dr. Melissa Smith. Remember, love and work, work and love. That's all there is. Until next time, take good care.